Hello, everybody. It's great to see ya. I don't know if you remember me, but if you do know me, you may know that I love music, all kinds of music. When I meditate on scripture, I often think of songs or poems, maybe because all three of those forms are measured in verses. One of the songs that I thought about when thinking about the readings for this Sunday is the song On and On It Goes by Mary Chapin Carpenter, one of my favorites. I was especially blessed last night to be able to hear Chapin sing this song live with the St. Louis Symphony. And it was, ironically, the first song she sang. As I looked forward to being here with you today, these lyrics in particular caught my attention. Every night, the TV shows one more day's bad news, a world away from what I know and what I do. But I could save a stranger's life if I had a clue. And on and on it goes. Attention must be paid before it seems we're one soul short and a second late. On and on it flies across the stratosphere. At the speed of love, if you stop and feel it, you will hear. I thought about this song of perseverance, love, and hope as I looked forward to seeing all of you today. I thought about the many times I've witnessed many of you reaching out to save the life of a stranger in big ways and little ways. The life that we live in Christ moves at the speed of love, and on and on it goes. In our Gospels today, we hear stories of people persevering even in the midst of the darkest times they could have imagined, and we hear them after a week where we remembered those who grieve. Monday was Memorial Day, remembering those who died in warfare. And on Thursday, many people remembered those killed by gun violence as part of the Wear Orange movement that many of you are participating in today. Remembering not just the ones who've been wounded and killed, but their loved ones who are left to deal with the aftermath of the terrible calculus that seems unstoppable in our society. Too many in our society claim that nothing can be done about this or make false comparisons about guns and cars, or talk about laws not just being enforced, or the nature of criminals in breaking the law. But when I think about this crisis in our common life, I first see the faces of mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, grieving. Saying nothing can be done to say that we are helpless is not the American way. Monday's remembrances on Memorial Day are testaments to that. Saying nothing can be done is certainly not the Christian way either, and not the way of Jesus that we are called not just to admire, but to follow. In our gospel today, we see another story of a life in the balance, and this one is magnified in several ways. Unlike last week, this is not a slave, but a son. A widow's son, her only source of support, has died, and the people of the town are accompanying her as she buries him. Jesus sees that grief and loss and acts with compassion. Jesus reaches out and saves a stranger's life because in Christ there are no strangers. Biblical scholar John Pilch writes that Jesus' healings are about restoring not just life, but restoring meaning, restoring wholeness at that moment, not only to the person in need of healing, but to the entire community that surrounds them. This effect is magnified in our stories today, where people are not only healed, 
but resurrected. Stories like these remind us that we are a resurrection people, an Easter people. In professing our faith in Christ, we have given our lives back and had them given back to us. And then we've been given a charge to work for renewal and resurrection within ourselves and within the world. Like that widow, after Jesus walks away having given her back her son, we're looking for meaning and understanding ourselves as we try to shed our coats of cynicism and step out as persons of faith every day, believing in resurrection. Now this is an important point as we consider the state of our communities. As I was revising this sermon yesterday, within five minutes, two stories appeared in my newsfeed. A father, 35 years old, shot his one-year-old baby daughter, tried to kill his wife, and then killed himself in Ohio. A 16-year-old boy was sitting on his front porch in Indiana when he was killed in a drive-by shooting. Within five minutes. When we hear stories like this, we could get overwhelmed by anger or filled with feelings of impotence. Or we could act out of hope that there's a better way, that there is hope of resurrection. We could determine that our society should not be based on fear, suspicion, and division, as some would have it, but rather based on true love of neighbor and dedication to work together for the resurrection of the common good. Our psalm reminds us today that weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. Today we hear two similar stories of healing, of resurrection and restoration. Yes, these are stories of miracles, and I've known people who don't believe in miracles. But I heard a wise rabbi say something to me this week. As much as he lived a life of practicalities and considered himself a man of science, he said, of course there are miracles. Every breath, even painful ones, are miracles. And he's right. Miracles, both great and small, surround us. But I don't know if we would be as sensitive to miracles if we were not also alive to the heartbreak we sometimes feel. Each of these stories we ponder today involves heartbreak. The poet Mary Oliver reminds us that heartbreak can serve a purpose. In one of her poems, she tells a tragic story of a group of loons. These birds arrived at the harbor near her home and they all died one by one for seemingly no reason. And it's heartbreaking. But just when we're wondering why in the world she's telling us this terrible story, she makes the point that brings it home. She concludes her poem with this observation. I tell you this to break your heart, by which I mean only that it break open and never close again to the rest of the world. Most of us are born with hearts wide open, but sometimes over time and experience we try to protect ourselves and our hearts the size of a fist tightens up like a fist as well. But to really love each other, our hearts have to be cracked open, even just a bit. Sometimes a broken heart can spur us to action, actions like empathy, compassion, and eventually even hope. A broken heart knows how important it is to love each other. And once we love each other, no matter what, for good or for ill, our hearts will be broken open a little more. Broken hearts are also miracles because broken hearts at least have known the gossamer bands of love. One of the sources of heartbreak we pray for today is for our country to be healed from the plague of gun violence. 
It seems to be a plague that has affected us by balling our hearts into those hard fists rather than breaking us open. Some of us have allowed ideas to take root under our rib cages and in our imaginations and see enemies everywhere. Some of us try to build defensive walls and carry weapons in the name of security and self-defense. So why don't we feel safer? Why do we feel even more fearful? Could it be with every wall we make, we overlook the fact that we have made ourselves feel ever more alone and vulnerable? In trying to prevent heartbreak, we have instead cultivated more fear. But this heartbreak can also remind us that we need each other. That's the way we're made. That's the way we're made stronger and healed. Although it's not in today's epistle, in some of his earliest writings, the Apostle Paul was wise in using the metaphor of the body to try to unify Christians. Christians are all one body, Paul reminded us, and not just anybody, but the body of Christ himself in the world. As the body of Christ, we are called to minister to the world in the name of the love of God. We are a priestly people. Priestly people do not give up. Priestly people, especially in this day and age, know the power of love to transform and heal the world. Like Jesus, our great high priest, we Christians are called to look out on the world with compassion and try to restore meaning through that active compassion upon the places that especially cry out for healing and for resurrection. This means being willing to step forward and envision a better society and ask our leaders to do the same to work for resurrection as Jesus does. It means being willing to remember that as a nation, we too are one body and resurrecting the ties that bind us together as a society. Ties like honor, tolerance, charity, which has become a bad word for some strange reason, but literally means heartfulness, civility, generosity, compassion, responsibility, trust, and faith in each other. These are the bedrocks of well-being as one people, regardless of our race, religion, or creed, as Americans. Not surprisingly, they're also the hallmarks of the Christian life and of the human life. I believe that that's a resurrection in our common life that can take root as well. Yes, every night the TV shows one more day's bad news. A world away from what I know and maybe from what I do but I could save a stranger's life if I had a clue. And on and on it goes. Attention must be paid before it seems we're one soul short and a second late. On and on it flies across the stratosphere at the speed of love. If you stop and feel it, you will hear. On and on it goes. Life, love, loss, and hope. And into that unfolding, we always know the love of God. Soon, we will gather at the table and be reminded of our common life together in Christ, and then be asked to carry that knowledge and power out into the world and act upon it. There is really nothing that is a world away from what we know and what we do when we look out upon the world mindful of our common lives together. We are one body. An injury to any part is an injury to all of us. Our hearts open to the joy of that common life. Can we be willing to step out into places where there is weeping during the night 
and practice resurrection. Like Jesus, then and now, we could change a stranger's life at the speed of love. On and on it goes. Resurrection moves at the speed of our love for each other and our willingness to work together. Amen. Thank you.